okay? Thank you for joining us today. You, you can tell right away that we're in a different spot. We're in the parlor today because of the work they're doing in our sanctuary to put down new carpeting. The noise is just a little overwhelming. So you have another picture to look at. It's very good that we can come together even in this distant way it's a good thing to come together to worship God in any way that we do it. You, I think you probably know by now that I'm Ruth Mashuski. I am the Paris Associate here at this church. I'm glad that on this, um, and on this Appreciation Sunday, or Pastor Appreciation Sunday, your pastor and your friend and his family are taking a well-deserved break. I'm sure that you will join me and in hoping that it's restful and peaceful and joyful. Next week, the 18th, there will be a congregational meeting. We will be meeting on the soccer field for rally day and worship will follow rally day. The congregational meeting is for the election of an officer nominating committee to so that they can nominate for people to be deacons and elders with terms beginning in January 2021. As I said, next Sunday we will celebrate Rally Day. Before worship there will be a bag breakfast and from the description I received earlier it will be a very good thing. There will also be a time to hear from our teachers about their plans for this year. So we ask that you please join us. Everyone is encouraged to wear masks, to bring their own chairs or blankets, and there will be designated seatings for families and individuals on the soccer field. I understand that there will be more information coming to you this coming week about this service. I want, need to tell you that there will be no Sunday school because of this special service. Next Sunday afternoon, our uh, Zoom class on the Gospel of, of Luke begins a six week journey. We will be at four o'clock for an hour. If you're interested in joining us, please contact me. There will be a ramp build on Saturday, October 31st on Halloween, and Jack Schmidtman is looking for 10 to 12 volunteers. You may contact Jack directly if you have any questions. And if you want to sign up to be part of this project, just call the church office. I wanna thank Scott for helping us find a another space where we can worship together. And I wanna thank Chris for supplying the music for our time of worship. As we prepare for our time of worship, as we prepare for prayer, I ask that you please remember those who are on our prayer list and others who might not have made their name available. This list is sent to you each week and 
please look at it. It contains folk who need an extra time with you in prayer. Let us worship God. The Lord be with you. Let us continue in prayer. Our Lord God, as we gather to worship, we come to you with great thanksgiving for all of the gifts of life, for family and friends who support and encourage us, even in this time of social distancing, for the privilege of work that we might support our families, for the blessings of rest and relaxation, which gives us renewed strength and determination. For all frontline workers, for doctors and nurses, for firefighters who courageously work to contain horrible wildfires, for law enforcement personnel who risk their lives for teachers who seek to instill the joy of learning in our children, for scientists who work tirelessly to find a safe vaccine, for our military personnel, for those who work for peace around the world, for our leaders, our president and his advisors, our state and local leaders, and for all those who seek to be leaders, all who labor under the heavy load of leadership for our church as it continues to be of service in this community. Our God, our good and gracious God, we are your grateful people and it is out of our gratitude that we come before you today to open our hearts to you and to offer our prayers for those in need. We pray for our president and the first lady as they recover from this horrible virus. We pray for all who suffered today or have suffered because of this virus. We pray for the good citizens of California who experiencing the continuing threat of fire. We pray for our neighbors to the west who are undergoing yet another hurricane. We pray for the, those who struggle with the economic realities of this virus, who face unemployment and the threat of eviction, who wonder how they will feed their families. May we who are your people stand ready to lend a hand of support and encouragement to all who need. Finally, and most of all, we pray, we give thanks for the gift of Jesus who showed us the real possibilities of love and taught us that we might pray together saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to listen this time to Chris as he sings for us, We Are One in the Spirit, the hymn which was my class hymn when I, when I graduated from Princeton. Let us listen. thank you for sharing your talents. Our scripture for this morning is from the book of Exodus. It is our second lesson from the book of Exodus. We will be looking at chapter 32, the first 14 verses. Last week, Chris told us the story of how the Israelites were to prepare for the Passover meal. And then he connected that meal with our own celebration of communion. Since the night of Passover, the Israelites have, have had several extraordinarily significant experiences. They have been freed from slavery in Egypt, led safely across the Red Sea, guided to sources of food and water in the wilderness, arrived at Mount Sinai, waited as Moses went up the mountain and came back down with a divine message and then declared with one voice, everything that the Lord has said we will do. Now Moses continues to make trips up and down the mountain. He continued to talk with God on the people's behalf. He continued to deliver God's word to the people. This last time, when Moses went up the mountain, he left Aaron in charge. And the people waited and waited for Moses to return. And they waited and they waited. Moses was on the mountain for a very long time. And here is where we pick up the story. When the people saw that Moses 
was so long in coming down from the mountain. They gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us, so that this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. After they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made for them an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring his people to disaster as he had threatened. The word of the Lord for the people of God. I think you'll probably all agree that we have here a story fit for the big screen. It's a story that's been told several times on that screen. But I'm equally sure that most of us will remember most vividly this story as told by Cecil D. DeMille. 
I'm sure you remember the people encamped at the base of the mountain when God spoke the commandments. I'm sure you'll remember how the experience left them trembling in fear. As they trembled, they decided that they could never do that again. So Moses would be their go-between. Moses would be their channel to God. And Moses had been just that. Every time he had been in conversation with God, he delivered God's divine message to his people. This has not been a problem until this very last time when Moses went up the mountain. He'd been out of their sight for a very long time. They didn't know what had happened to him. For all they knew, he was dead. He had nothing to eat on that mountain. They forgot. They forgot that Moses had told them he would always come to them with God's message. They grew convinced that Moses had abandoned them. And with Moses abandoning them, so did God. With Moses out of their sight, they turned to the one who was with them and cried out, we have been abandoned. Moses told us that God would be with us. He is gone. We haven't heard from him in days, in weeks, it's almost a month. He's left us here on this terrifying mountain to die. We need something we can depend upon, something that will not abandon us, something we can see. It's as if they had forgotten that God rescued them from slavery, provided for them a way across the Red Sea, guided them through the desert with a, with a cloud and a pillar of fire, supplied water when they were thirsty and manna to curtail their hunger. They had forgotten their pledge to do what the Lord had spoken. And in their desperation, they turned a blind eye and a deaf ear on all that God had done for them. They turned to Aaron and begged that he create for them something that they could see, something they could touch, forgetting the commandment to not make an idol. And surprisingly, Aaron, who would be the high priest of all the land, the one whom Moses had entrusted with his people to keep them on the right course, quickly responded to the people's request, even though he too had heard, do not make for yourself an idol no form whatsoever of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Don't bow down and serve them because I am God, your God. Indeed, it is difficult to believe that Aaron, who would be their priest, 
gave in to public opinion so quickly. But then again, I remember the little saying, when you point a finger at someone, three are pointed back at you. Which makes me wonder, when we are trying to keep the peace, do we cave in to public opinion? Or do we seek to shine the light of the gospel on the situation? Have we ever not wanted to rock the boat so much that we let a false rumor slip past? Have we ever ignored hateful words in favor of the status quo in a relationship? Have we ever played down a situation to not offend another? Have we ever let a lie pass its truth when we know what is actually true? Maybe we have not built a golden calf, but maybe we too have caved under the pressure of the people. Not sure, but maybe. Scholars aren't quite sure if Aaron created a foreign god or if he was making an effort to create a physical representation of the Lord, the one who had saved them from the Egyptians and brought them through the desert. But, but either way, it was an image, not God. Neither are scholars sure if the people asked for another God or a physical image of the God who had saved them. But either way, it was an image, not God. Whatever it was, both Aaron and the people encamped at Sinai violated the first and second commandments to have no other gods and to not make an idol. After they had resoundly declared everything that the Lord has said, we will do. Now, my friends, before we seek to justify ourselves by thinking that the first two commandments were more commonly broken in ancient times, you know, when idolatry was a real problem. Let's consider that there is still a real human tendency to shape gods in images that we can manage. And Huey writes, while, your, uh, while our ancestors in the faith fell, fell to temptation to worship a fixed, finite object in God's place, we too are prey to the same temptation, it seems, when we make God too manageable, too comfortable, and ever fixed. So this old, old story springs to life for us, reminding us of the importance of the commandments and how easily both then and now they are broken. We may not carve images, we may not bow down to them, but are there things in our lives which inter interfere with our relationship 
with God? Are there things that from time to time come before God? Is it possible that God still looks down at the people whom God loves and wonders, why are they so stubborn? Why don't they listen? What am I going to do with them? Which brings us to the final scene of this text. God and Moses are on the mountainside in deep conversation about important matters of faithful obedience. When God saw what was happening at the foot of the mountain, the people whom God loved, the ones God brought through out of slavery, the ones God guided across the sea, the ones God provided water and food in the wilderness, the ones are at the base of the mountain are in celebration, in full swing celebration around a golden calf. And at that moment, God cried out in pain. They are ruining everything. They have abandoned the path I commanded. Now leave me in my distress, Moses. But instead of leaving, Moses continued the conversation. Somehow he knew, and maybe it was because he kept going up and down the mountain and kept being in conversation with God, that this great, Moses knew that this great and awesome God wanted to be in relationship with his people even when they turned away. And as this conversation continued, God being God, God being the God of grace, forgave. Beginning with Adam and Eve, when they couldn't follow one simple command, and on through the countless times God sent prophets to tell the people to change their ways and they would not, and on through the disciples who struggled to understand, but ultimately abandoned, denied, and even betrayed and on through all the others who failed to accept Jesus' radical message of love. We hear in the biblical story how God remakes covenant with the people each and every time it is broken, in the past and even in the present. For with God, judgment is never the last word. So the story that could not end at the base of the mountain, so the relationship which could not be destroyed even in the darkness, would make itself real through the glory and wonder of the resurrection and beyond. For this most merciful God, we say thank you. Amen. Our second hymn this morning is very fitting. It's Martin Luther's, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and that's the great God of Mount Sinai. Enjoy this great hymn.
Thank you. And now receive this blessing and benediction. Our God is a God of grace and forgiveness. Our God sees us as we stumble and seeks to pick us up for God loves us. So may his blessings surround you. May his peace give you strength. May Jesus' love astound you. And may the power of the Spirit give you strength this and every day. Amen.